Unsung heroes. Who are the people mentioned in scripture who don't get enough recognition? Today, we're going to be taking a look at Philip the Evangelist to see what we can learn from him about apologetics and evangelism. That's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, you are listening and watching and watching Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Yes. That's right. Today, and by the way, I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashwa. Hi. And today, we are introducing our first ever full-length video podcast on YouTube. Yes, so for those of you fans who have been listening on podcasts, um, if you want, you can check us out on YouTube now. Yeah, and for those of you that are watching, thank you, welcome. Uh, this is our very first time releasing our full-length podcast on YouTube, so it's very exciting for us. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing how this grows and um, just where God takes this ministry further. So, Yep, absolutely. Um, we do want to mention a few things uh, right up front is if you haven't followed us on our Insiders group on Facebook, you need to get into that community. Yes. The people right. on there are awesome. There's stuff being shared, articles, ideas, questions being asked. Um, if you're into apologetics and theology and you want a, a good group of people, the best group of people, people that are kind and loving and generous and aren't going to beat you down when you have questions. You want to become an insider on our Facebook group. So we'd highly encourage yes, you to yes. go ahead and do that. And that's right, because the insiders group, it's just cool because people keep sharing posts that are involved with apologetics tactics. And sometimes people just ask questions yeah. that are just uh, good, honest, curious questions that people want answers from a like-minded community and you can get that through our insiders group on facebook you can so make sure you join the christ culture and coffee insiders also just join us all we have a regular facebook page you can check for updates and and information on yes. there but also we have an instagram account and we post a ton of stuff on there yes um, that that's right. is where we we interact the most so if you have questions if you want to know what we're up to Instagram is the place to be following us, and uh, we do love to get questions, and yeah, actually, yeah. this episode, this series we're starting for January, uh, is because we had a uh, listener say, hey, why don't you guys do something on some characters in the Bible? I'd love to learn more about a few characters in the yes, Bible. Yes, that's right. And that's what prompted us to do this series. Yeah, and so that should encourage you, if you have any questions or anything you want to learn more about or have us discuss on the podcast, go ahead and send us an Instagram DM yep. or a, a Facebook message. And we, uh, we'd love to take, uh, any ideas that you give to us because, uh, that's the goal of this podcast. We want it to be a ministry that applies to the people who are listening and who are watching. Yes. So that way you can learn more and grow in your faith. So Now, if you're watching, you can see behind Tyler, there is this really sweet custom sign. Tyler, yes. tell them about that sign. Yes. This sign, and again, this is you can only see this if you're watching on YouTube, yeah. uh, but this sign is a custom design sign that we got from our friend Matthew over at SE Collective. And it, this this sign is just incredible. It's uh, it's made out of wood and metal. Um, you can kind of see the logo here. Uh, it's got our podcast logo on it, which was super unique. And um, uh, he just, uh, Squirrely Early Collective, that's the name of the company. They do a phenomenal job at making signs and different furniture pieces like mm -hmm. that. And they're local. So they're right here in, Phoenix, in the Phoenix area. Um, so be sure to check out some of their stuff because they did a super good job on prepping this sign for us. Yep. And you can get all that information about getting Matthew on your custom made, whatever you want. Uh, yeah. You can check him out at secollective.com. Yes. Yes. All right. So we're moving into the coffee portion. 
That's right. I had a person complain to me this last Sunday, and that complaint, <laughs> not in a mean way, super kind, but just, man, I miss the coffee tips. And we, yeah. we've tried a couple of episodes where we haven't done them because we're like, do people even care? We've heard you. Yeah, we you care. <laughs> it's, it's great. We're thankful that you actually right. care about the coffee tips. So we wanted to do our top three coffee shops. Yes. In the West Valley of the of the Phoenix area. So if you don't live here, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you do live here, you need to check out these coffee shops on the West Side, which we're we're on the West Side. So these are coffee shops we frequent, and yeah, we like yeah. a lot, and they're really good. So I mean, I've had I've had them, and I think they're yeah. great. So they are great, and we uh, we ranked it uh, with two things. Obviously, coffee quality, right? Right, that's right. huge. But the second thing was ambiance because we don't want. Um, I don't know, man. Like I've been to some coffee shops and the coffee's good and the food's good, but it's just like a carnival or a circus theme. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I want a place I can go and I can feel comfortable and yeah, so, I like it to be hip and I right. like to be able to study and right. So the theme, the theme takes a big role yeah. in this. Yeah, so that's important and obviously the coffee taste. That's Absolutely. Right. Yep. So our top three West Valley, Phoenix Valley, Arizona coffee shops are this. We're gonna start with number three. Sounds good. Are you ready to work our way up? Yeah, we're going up. We decided the number three best coffee shop on the west side uh, of the valley is Driftwood Coffee. Yeah. Now, Driftwood Coffee, it's really cool because it's in a church building called Axiom Church. Uh, It's on 83rd Avenue and Jefferson in Old Town Peoria. And the ambiance is good, right? Um, they've got an outdoor seating area that's pretty sweet. They've got indoor. It's cool. It's clean. Um, but their coffee is phenomenal. They really know what they're mm. doing with their coffee. Uh, one of my favorite drinks that I've gotten there is called the OC. Now, the the one complaint I have is that they don't have it all the time. It's like a seasonal right, okay. drink, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's the the OC, the Orange County, right? And it is um, coffee with a little hint of chocolate and a little hint of orange mm-hmm. and, and milk, kind of like a latte. Mm-hmm. It is amazing because I don't like super sweet drinks. And this is that just like sense. a little, it's like the perfect combination. That chocolate uh, orange flavor, I've loved ever since I was a kid. Mm. And they, they combine it so well into this not so sweet, great coffee drink, the OC. So highly recommend you go check out Driftwood Coffee and ask them if they can bend the rules, even if it's not in season, and make you an OC because they're they're just great. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I actually haven't had that drink before. Yeah. So I'm, oh, I'm we interested gotta go try in trying it. it. Okay. I, yeah, so so it. It, it gets a, kind of a citrusy taste, too, mm-hmm. I would imagine. That's pretty good. You know, like at Christmas, those like chocolate oranges that you get? Have you ever oh, had Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had those. It, it tastes like that, but not as sweet. So Okay, that's pretty great. cool. I like that. So number three, Driftwood Coffee. All right, our number two best coffee shop in the West Valley is Ebb and Flow Coffee, which is located in Verado. That's right. Which is like the extreme West Valley. It's like almost getting close to California. Yeah, it's yeah, so that's, that's kind of true. That's yeah. right. But their coffee is great. My favorite drink there is just their black espresso. It is amazing. Mm. It's so, so good. I love going into that coffee Yeah, shop. and then they have a good vibe there being in like a, in the Verado area because yeah. it's, it's a nice little town. Yep. Um, it, it's a pretty good-looking coffee shop. Uh, it is. It's got a it's nice right on Main Street there. Yeah, Main it Street is. and Verado Way, I think. And um, yeah, it's just <clears> a cool vibe. The interior is really great. Uh, the one thing I don't like about it is they just don't have a ton of space to sit. Right, right. I've never, I've never not been able to find a place to sit. <laughs> but it is a little bit smaller, so I bet if there's a rush that makes or sense. something, it might be a little tough. But right. really great coffee shop. Yep, I love it up there. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And then our number one best coffee shop in the West Valley Leading is Union Coffee. <laughs> That's right, Union uh, Coffee. 
I love Union Coffee. <laughs> like it is unbelievable. Um, they roast yeah. all of their stuff in house. Big space, really cool ambiance. Everything is clean, white tiles. They got nice tables, nice chairs. They have a huge like um, yeah. like dining room t- style table you can sit at if you want. Um, it is just an awesome place. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And then they have, I love their cold brew. I've had yeah. that a few times. I think it's just because of the way that they, they do their own roast and stuff. It just, mm-hmm. the way that their coffee turns out is just fantastic. So I like to just get it like, you know, straight from the source. It's yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're the right place there. to go, man. It's, it's as fresh as you can get because you can watch the guy roasting it <laughs> while you're drinking it. That's right. That's um, right. It is amazing. Uh, my favorite drink there, hands down, is just their black pour over Guatemalan uh, blend. It's not a blend. Guatemalan coffee. It's a, it's a pure, it's a single <laughs> origin. It's, it's not pure. a blend at all. So if you are in the West Valley, this is on 67th Avenue and Thunderbird. Um, and on, it's on the North West corner of 67th Avenue and Thunderbird. Mm. Highly recommend you go check those out. So our top three coffee places in the West Valley. Number one, Union Coffee. Mm-hmm. Number two, Ebb and Flow. Number three, Driftwood Coffee. So hopefully if you are living out here, you can go check those out. And uh, if you do, uh, take a picture of yourself there and what you got to drink. Tag us in it because we'd like to see some of your feedback on that. Yes. So um, and now now that we finally got back to doing coffee tips because of the requests that mm-hmm. were made by others, we are going to get into the content for this episode. Yes, the content. Unsung heroes. Here we go. We're going to talk about lesser known biblical characters, and we're going to see what we can learn from them um, about yes. apologetics and about evangelism. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Yeah, I think so. So today we're going to be talking about Philip the Evangelist. Now, mm-hmm. this is important, and a lot of people don't know this, but this isn't the same guy as Philip, Jesus' disciple. That's right. That's right. And it's a little confusing sometimes when you read it because they do. I mean, m- most of my life growing <laughs> up, I meshed these two guys together. Well, but they're not yeah. the same people. Well, and that's why we label Philip the Evangelist as an unsung hero too, because not only is he not mentioned as much as some of the other char- mm-hmm. biblical characters, but he also gets confused for <laughs> for a disciple. Yeah. yeah, you can even think he didn't exist. That's because that's right. He's the disciple. Yeah. So, so the thing is, he's kind of a character that isn't mentioned that well. And yeah. w- which that's the that's the whole idea of this series. We're we're going to be focusing on biblical characters that made an impact and they did something significant in their ministry, and uh, they just don't get mentioned that much. Yeah, they play like kind of yeah. a secondary role. Right, so. right. All right, so let's start with Philip the Evangelist. So here we go. I want to read um, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, because this is where we first encounter Philip. It says, Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Perpmenus, and Nicholas, Hmm. a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. So did you see Philip mentioned in there? I did see that, yeah. Obviously, (laughs) he's not a disciple. Right. Because the disciples were the ones who said, hey, pick some dudes amongst yourselves who can be in charge of this ministry. Yeah, so that made him distinct when you see that clearly mentioned there. Yeah. Yeah, so this Philip is different from Philip the disciple. But he gets chosen 
to to do ministry along with Stephen, right? No, we know right, eventually right. Stephen, he's the guy who gets martyred, right? <laughs> that's that's correct. But yeah. he's he's one of those type of guys, right? So we see that uh, he, the disciples said, "You need to pick men of good reputation." Mm-hmm. So Philip has what? He has good reputation. Got good reputation. Yep. He's supposed to be full of the Spirit. So he was full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. Yeah. And they said, and they need to possess wisdom. That's right. So he's a pretty legit guy. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Uh, you can see that he has these good qualities for mm-hmm. someone who's in ministry. And yeah. so that's a good sign right off the bat when we're getting into getting to know Philip a little bit more. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. think he had these qualities because it was the church who selected You're right. him. You're so right. That, they that's acknowledged he was this kind of a guy. <laughs> yes, that's right. So that's good to have peers step in and say, yeah, this guy, he's got a good reputation. Mm-hmm. He's wise and he's full of the spirit. Yep. Definitely. So that's that's where we first encounter this Philip. Okay, so what did he do, right? Where did he go from right, here? Right, that's he the gets, question. He gets put into this ministry. <laughs> yeah. What happens? Um, well, he does a lot of ministry, but what we want to do now is jump to the end of his life, because what we're doing is a biographical sketch of him in the book of Acts. We're going to yeah. look at all the passages that talk about him. Um, so we want to jump to the end of his life just to even see kind of uh, what what his character was. How was he with his family? Um, so why don't you read Acts uh, 21, verses 8 through 10? Yes, of course. It says, starting in verse 8, On the next day we left and came to Caesarea, and entering the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, we stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. prophetesses. And as we were staying there for some days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Okay. okay. So so what do we see here? So it's Philip. Right. They say, and now this is cool. So they say Philip the evangelist, mm-hmm. who was one of the seven. That's right. Which is referring back to Acts 6 with these seven dudes who yeah. were chosen, right? Um, so they're saying it's that Philip, not Philip the disciple, because they're different. Yeah, and see, that's what's interesting. <laughs> they have to make that distinction. Yeah. And so that's cool. So you can see clearly, like, yeah, this they're not talking about the same guy. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about it, too, is that he's um, called an evangelist. Yeah. So, so you know how Barnabas, right? And we're going to talk about him yeah. uh, in this series. Right. But he's called uh, Son of Encouragement, right? I mean, the, what a cool name that is. I know. Too, it's you know? awesome. Yeah. It's so good. But the, the name that... Uh, typified or, or explained Philip was he's an evangelist. Right? right, yeah. That's a defining, that's an adjective that got added to his name. So he's a guy who cares about other people coming to know Jesus. Yeah, that's he, cool. He's a good news spreader, right? So this is cool. So what do we see, though, from <laughs> Acts 21? Well, we can see that he was hospitable, right? Yeah. And then he raised his children to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. His four virgin daughters were prophetesses. That's right. So they were they were prophesied for the Lord. They followed in the ways of the Lord. So this guy, uh, yeah. he raised godly kids, right? I mean, that's cool. Yeah, so they, you did. see that he has a, he's a stand up guy. Like he does, um, he does work for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a good character based off of his peers. Yep, he's and wise, he takes care of his family. Takes care of his family, yeah. full of spirit. This is a good guy to emulate, right? All right, so kind of getting the character sketch of him, uh, let's move into uh, what types of things uh, he did, all right? So number one, in in Acts, what happens is is Stephen, who's one of these seven guys chosen, uh, he gets martyred, right? That's right. He's the first martyr, uh, and he gets stoned to death by the Jews. And you remember he gives, like, this really beautiful speech about all that God's done in the history of Israel and how Jesus is the Messiah, and then they killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to put myself in that position, like, if, you know, one of one of the guys I'm doing ministry with gets killed, 
That's a little scary for me. It is, right? Yeah, I'm affiliated with him. I do believe the same things as him. Um, that's the situation Philip would have been in after mm. Stephen was martyred, right? So what happens is, you know, you'd think maybe, hey, let's lay low for a little while. Yeah, right. <laughs> a guy just got killed. We gotta. We gotta like, let's, hide let's, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That isn't what happens. Mm. This is crazy. Then the next thing that happens after Stephen's martyrdom is Philip goes to Samaria to evangelize mm. the Samaritans. Yeah. Uh, this is awesome. So I'm going to read Acts 8, uh, 1 through 3. It says, Saul, who later, you know, we know as the Apostle Paul, it's the same guy. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death, Stephen. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women he would put in prison. Yikes. Wow. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's what happens, all right? Now, the very next verse, Acts 8.4. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. Whoa. Your friend just killed. He probably was a guy who buried him. Loud lamentations. They're, they're yeah, scattered yeah. because Paul's chasing him down because he's a terrorist and he's he's abducting people and he's imprisoning them and he's killing them. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And this it's, guy just keeps preaching. Yeah, he's got a lot to worry about, right? Like yeah. He's got to be super stressed out in this case. And then he goes out and he keeps doing work knowing he's facing death yeah. potentially here. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing, man. Um I've never faced persecution like this, like actual death no, threats, yeah. you know? But sometimes it's easy for us when we're trying to evangelize, we're trying to share apologetics with people to like, you know, we think, oh, they, they oppose, they don't agree with me, and that's persecution. That's not persecution. No, it's not. No, yeah. that's just opposition. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, that's just I mean, disagreement. You, opposition, I mean, with, with the difference with opposition and persecution here, too, is opposition isn't life-threatening no exactly (laughs) no not at all now people can treat you wrong and things like that yeah but man this is intense and he just keeps preaching the word of god Uh, i want to read a little more in acts 8 so i'll start in verse 6 it says the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by philip and as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing for in the case of many who had unclean spirits they were coming out of them shouting with loud Mm. voice and many who'd been paralyzed and lame were healed so there was much rejoicing in that city Now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon, this is a cool title, the the magician, Even Simon, the magician, himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and he observed signs and great miracles taking place, and he was constantly amazed. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So Mm. Philip is like, uh, he's like the spearhead of the gospel going on. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's amazing. (laughs) It's super cool, because you you can just see, again, like... Time and time again, like as we're looking through these the, these passages, it's really building up his character to see like this was a really cool guy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and 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 he was a very obedient guy to Jesus. Yeah. Even yeah. when things got hard, right? Because mm-hmm. what did Jesus tell everyone to do? 
in, in Matthew 28? What's the Great Commission? Yeah, to go and share, <laughs> make disciples, to go and make disciples. Make disciples. Mm-hmm. And where, where does he say to go? To all nations. All nations. All nations. And then he even clarifies it, right? You start mm-hmm. where? Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And then where do you go? Judea, the yeah. same area. And then where do you go? Samaria. Yeah, all over. And then so it's like, and you see, that's what he did. He went to Samaria. He literally, think about this. <laughs> yeah. He started in Jerusalem ministering. That's true. And then he got scattered out and went to Samaria. Yeah, he, t- he took it so literally. And that, that's just cool. You see, he's living out the Great Commission, but like in the very literal sense. Now, now like, yeah. I don't know about you, Robbie, but I haven't um, been to um, Judea, Jerusalem. I, I haven't been to Samaria. Samaria. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been there. <laughs> so, so like, I mean, let alone done ministry there. So, yeah. but, so it's, yeah. like, it's like just thinking about this practically. Like he, he started with where Jesus said. Yeah. He went to those places and expanded outwards. And that, that's just so cool. He, he was obedient. And yeah. that's very clear to see through these passages. It is amazing, man. This guy was legit. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, he really was. <laughs> I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what it takes, no matter what it costs. I'm not going to hide from persecution. Mm-hmm. Also, like, you remember... Um, the Samaritans and, and the Jews didn't really like each other so much. Yeah, that's right. And he's a Hellenistic Jew probably, right? But he, he's going to these half-breed people, you know, culturally in yeah, their eyes. Yeah. There was racist, racism <clears throat> that was going on between the two groups. Um, but he knew who Jesus was, and he knew Jesus went there to the woman at the well, and he knew Jesus commanded they're supposed to go. Yeah. And he went anyway. It's, yeah, am- it's, it's amazing. It's just taking that extra step to go out and do it. Not, not just yeah. like... like because the thing is, he could have gone and done ministry other places, right? He could have sure. gone and shared the gospel and expanded the ministry in the kingdom of God yeah. other ways, but he chose to do it in where Jesus had called him to, yeah. which was the place where it was culturally unacceptable for him to go. Yeah. Which, uh, that's that alone, too, increases kind of his, uh, his reputation to see that he was a Christ follower. Yeah, and just showing that type of love to people. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's yeah. amazing, so... He was a pretty, pretty awesome guy, I think. Um, so um, now, as as he continued to go out, this isn't where the story mm. ends. This isn't where things stop at all. Um, but I do want to take a little break because I want to promote our boy Matthew. Yes. Right. Yes. Again, this episode is brought to you by SE Collective, uh, and there is something special about having handcrafted furniture and decor that adds warmth and quality to your home. Something factory made furniture just can't compare with. SE Collective Design provides beautiful custom design and built pieces within the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. Each creation is a work of art crafted just for you, using wood, metal, or a unique combination to truly meet any design needs. Everything from signs to dining tables, they have the tools and the know-how to create one-of-a-kind furnishings. For more information to see some of their work, be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook or visit their website at secollective.com. SE Collective, custom, quality, affordable. And also to see some of their work, you can check out our YouTube of this episode, right? Our video, because I'm pointing at the sign that they made for us right now. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And Matthew, thank you so much for helping us decorate this barren wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, to have such a sweet sign up there. So highly recommend them. Uh, If you live in in the greater Phoenix area, uh, I'm sure they'll ship stuff if you don't live in the greater Phoenix area. So definitely check out secollective.com for all of your needs on that. Yeah, and so uh, again, just super cool guy with uh, Philip, the evangelist. Just seeing his reputation um, for being a Christ follower, it's yeah. just incredible. Now, the the 
the biggest um, <clears throat> story about Philip the Evangelist, the, the most popular, the one that people will know, mm. is his in- encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch. Right. Now, again, yeah. though, but people sometimes think, well, that was Philip the disciple. It's not. That's right. It's Philip the evangelist. So this this is fascinating, thinking about it from that aspect. And his whole interaction with the Ethiopian eunuch and, and what happens there uh, is just amazing. So uh, we want to take a little bit of time to continue in Acts 8, but to read this story about the Ethiopian eunuch. So Tyler, do you want to go ahead and read Acts 8, 25 through 38? Yes, yes, of course. It says, So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem uh, and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel from the Lord, of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian church, uh, sorry, Ethiopian eunuch, Uh, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you were reading? And he said, well, how could I, (laughs) unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of scripture, which he was reading, was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he does not open his mouth. And in humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say this? Of, someone, of himself or of someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth, and, be, and beginning from, his, from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Mm. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so such a, a crazy cool story. It is a cool story, and there's mm-hmm. so much uh, there's so much to it. Um, so now let, let's think about this. This going back to the very beginning. Yeah, this guy is upset about an injustice that was happening to the widows of his specific people. That's the right. Hellenistic Jews. Hey, this isn't fair. We're not getting enough. You know, the church is is mistreating some people because of who they are, and the disciples say, "Hey, listen. Okay, you're about." All, you know, the fairness of all people and God's not a respecter of persons and this and that. So, okay, you get some people to make it fair and to do ministry to these widows. Yeah. Then he's cool with going to the Samaritans who there's racial tension between because he knows God loves all people, including Hellenistic widows, right? Yeah. And Samaritans. Now God uses that guy and says, go talk with this eunuch who's from Ethiopia. This is awesome. So what is what is going on here? Well, yeah. Ethiopia is obviously we know where it is. It's in Africa. Right. But at the time it's kind of like the the um edge of the known world that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like c- civilized world was all around the Mediterranean. Right? right. Yeah. And so that's like the bottom <laughs> like you're getting towards the end yeah. of the known world, which is really interesting because Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts 
This is an uttermost part. It is. Isn't that yeah, awesome? That's, you know what? That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, because he's expanding it further to the uttermost part. Yeah. That's so good. So Philip is part of literally fulfilling in the first generation what Jesus commanded them to do. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? He loved the Lord, and you can see that. Like, like through his actions, you can see that he loved Jesus and he believed who he was oh, to yeah. the point to where he was willing to give up his time taking care of his family yep. and to go out and evangelize. Yep, and give yeah. up, I mean, possibly his life. Yeah, that too. For the persecution yeah. that was coming. So, okay, so this guy's from the edge of the known world. Obviously, he's a Gentile. He's not a Jew. Right. And um, for those of you who don't know what a eunuch is, it means a castrated man. Yeah. He was castrated. If you don't know what castrated means... Google search it. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Um, and actually, there's rules about what, uh, how castration affects worship in Israel. Right. Old Testament law. Do you want to read that? There's this really interesting yeah, verse sure. in Deuteronomy. Yeah, I, I was amazed when I read this to you. But it says uh, in Deuteronomy 23.1, it says, No one who is emasculated. Did I say that right? Emasculated. Emasculated. Sorry, thank you. Uh, Or has his male organ cut off shall enter the assembly of the Lord. Okay. Yeah. So this is the law of (laughs) Moses, right? This is a big deal. Yeah. If you have been emasculated, if you've been castrated, you shall not enter the assembly of the of the Lord. What is this saying? Well, the, the assembly of the kahal uh, refers to the formal gathering of the Lord's people uh, as a community for festivals or other times mm. of public worship, right? Yeah. So this is a big deal. So it's saying, listen, if, if you're that situation eunuch, yeah. you can't do specific types of worship with God's people. Yeah, that's really interesting too. That that's that that's a, and and then that's who uh, Philip is evangelizing to. Yeah, someone who's well, in them. And and yeah. what's interesting is is when we read that passage, is it says that this guy he he came up to Jerusalem for what to worship. Yeah, he 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 believed in the Old Testament prophets. He's reading Isaiah. I mean, this is interesting. Mm. He has a scroll from Isaiah. It wasn't like everybody had scrolls back then. You had to go to the temple point. to have it. So he, yeah. he's obviously he's in charge of all of Queen Candace's treasure. Mm-hmm. So so there's a he, he has money, right? Yeah, right. Obviously, he's in charge of a whole nation's treasury, um, and so but he also has uh, scrolls of scripture, which is yeah. unique. And he's studying them. He's reading them. He's thinking about them. He wants to know the truth, but. Because of something that had been done to him, he's prevented from fully becoming a, a, proselyte, a proselyte, right? Yeah, By that's fully right. converting to Judaism. He can't do it, but he does the best he can. Hmm. Even You know how far Ethiopia is from Israel? Gosh, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think so. Oh, the answer is a long way. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, I knew it's it was not, a long way, but I didn't know the exact. In a chariot? I'm thinking exact. Oh, Dude, yeah, that's a gosh. long way. Yeah. So, so this guy is, is <laughs> traveling far because he wants to be devoted, knowing that he can't be, but he wants to do the best he can. Yeah. And now Philip comes to talk to that guy. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That is. Uh, it's, again, like, we just keep seeing this reputation build up. Yes. It is such a beautiful thing. And yeah. the, the Ethiopian eunuch, he represents another remarkable step for the gospel, like we said, taking the gospel to the uttermost, remotest mm-hmm. parts of the earth. It's beautiful. Uh, I think that uh, it's it's interesting too. Uh, if you look at church history, uh, Ethiopia has some of the oldest Christian churches and Christian traditions. That's right. In, in any part of the world, and they claim that it's because the Ethiopian eunuch came back 
and taught it. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard of that. Oh, man, That's cool. look it up. This is amazing. My mom's been to Ethiopia, uh, and sh- and the, the, the history they have there, the church, wow, the things in museums. Wow, that's incredible. Yes, it is fantastic about how they claim, yeah, it all goes back to the Ethiopian eunuch who got converted by Philip. Wow. Unbelievable, like, right? Like, think about this, too, like of how, uh, how little that we talk about Philip the Evangelist, and uh-huh. like, but yet looking at the impact that he's made. Yeah. That, that's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. It is amazing. So I think that it's, it's, it's just beautiful uh, what this guy did and his faithfulness, I mean, especially as an unsung hero. Yeah, who A lot right. of people don't even realize he's not Philip the Disciple. I know. He gets, he gets confused for, for that all the time. <laughs> all the time, man. It's so... Well, and I'm going to be honest. so I've, interesting. I've, I've been a victim of that, too. I've read, I've read this passage before. And I, I, I mean, the, the one where um, he's evangelizing to the eunuch, and I, yeah. I thought that was Philip the Disciple. Of course. Yeah, yeah. that's what we'd assume it was, right? Interesting. That's incredible. Well, let's continue yeah. looking at this. Um, let, let's continue looking yes. at his biographical sketch. So uh, in Acts 8, 39 through 40, what happens after he converts the eunuch and baptizes mm-hmm. the eunuch, it says, uh, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azostus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. So he continues preaching. Now there's there's some debate as what happened here. You know, the Lord snatched him away. Um, does this mean like he was magically transported? Maybe. Does it mean he um, uh, uh, was you know caught up in the spirit of mm, God and excited? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really have a position on that. But what we do know is that he he found himself. He he was found in this city, and he continues preaching, right? Mm. And he continues going from from um, Azostus up the coast um, of Israel, preaching all the cities he goes through until he arrives uh, in Caesarea, which is just, uh, again, this is who he is. He's the evangelist, right? Yeah. That's the type of dude he was. And what a nickname, too. I know. The it's evangelist. So cool. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really is. So and um, so then we, we previously read Acts 21, verses right. 8 through 10, where we find Philip the evangelist with his family in Caesarea. Yeah. And yeah. so what most people think happened is after the eunuch, he's going up preaching, and he kind of settled in Caesarea. Yeah. And yeah. continued to uh, do ministry there well, and what's to love cool his about, family. What's cool about that, too, is seeing that he's there with his family. It's showing, too, that he's involving his family in this ministry mm-hmm. with, like, uh, bringing them on this journey with him, yeah. uh, which is cool. Because I, I know um, uh, Paul talks about um, singleness, right? And like yeah. how uh, he he as an individual, uh, he he's like talking about how he can be free to go and expand throughout the world but yeah. um, and not have to worry about a family. Uh, but, um, but Philip, he has a family to care yeah. about and to, uh, and to minister to, but he still brings them along with him and he does evangelize with yeah, he definitely yeah. taught his kids about the Lord because his four daughters are prophetesses, <laughs> right. We talked about right? that. Mm-hmm. So he he's invested in his family as well as investing in others. Right. Yeah. Samaritans. Uh, yeah, Ethiopian you think that's eunuchs, a lot of work because right? he's I mean, having to yeah. worry about all these things and then taking care of his family along with that. So uh, it, again, just a really cool ministry that this guy left behind. I think so, and I think we can glean a few things, uh, you know, to apply to our mm. lives from his example. Um, like you said, one of them is. We, we shouldn't sacrifice our family for ministry. Right. Right? Um, you know, I, I worry all the time about my kids because I'm a pastor, you know, an apologist, and uh, I never want to 
do a bad job with teaching them about Jesus so I can go reach other people for Jesus. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, The people right. that I've been given the most influence over in my life, I don't use that influence for good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that freaks that's a, me out. I mean, that's, so, a, that's a good point to have. I mean, yeah. uh, some of the qualifications, too, for, like, leaders in the church and yes. all, is that you have, like, your, your home, yes. like, well-protected and well-founded in Christ. So, like, that's, a, uh, that's important to have. And so it really is. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the things I think we can we can see from him mm. is that he raised his kids to know the Lord and he did ministry uh, to reach other people. So mm. he loved all people, right? I mean, think about it. He loved his own children. He loved the Hellenistic Jewish widows. Yeah. He loved the Ethiopian eunuch. He loved the Samaritans. I mean, this guy, right, a- along with the other Jews. And yeah. He loved yeah. people, and that's the heart of Jesus. It is, it is. And so, like, that too, and then um, also just the fact that uh, just seeing that he went through persecution, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something else that we can apply is um, just because you're persecuted or even opposed, like, you suffer through opposition, yeah. like we were talking about, um, clearly based off of Philip's example here, like, you, that's that's not something that should knock us out of the race, right? Like, that's not no. something that should keep us from sharing the gospel yeah evangelizing and i i mean i know people tyler and this frustrates me i mean Mm. it really frustrates me i know people who were doing a lot for the lord and were gifted and were making an impact Mm. but got beat down and it wasn't only from persecution from uh non-believers but it was from um bad things happening to them from other believers yeah. People treating them wrong, people saying things, people that and, and Christians beating them up, which is wrong and should yeah, not right. happen. But I've seen people let those types of persecutions knock them out of the race. Yeah, well, that's the thing you got to be aware of too. Is uh, um, it will happen from Christians because the yeah. thing is, is like you, you, I think people tend to forget too that. Um, Christians aren't perfect, and that's the whole idea of the gospel. Yeah, right. It is. I mean, the uh, Christians are meant to be uh, um, like people who are broken, who are trying to have Christ repair them in that. Yes, uh, it d- doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes and we're not going to say harsh things to one another mm-hmm. um, and discourage each other. And it sucks. It sucks that that it happens. Does. Yeah, and it shouldn't but, happen. But you can't shouldn't. allow any type. Right. Of persecution, any type of hardship to knock you out of doing what God wants you to do. I mean, because Jesus literally said, in this world, you will have trouble. Yeah, yeah. And that's the case. It's going it. to happen, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, we can really learn that, though, from Philip's example and seeing that even with uh, not just persecution, but opposition, that shouldn't stop us from evangelizing because yeah. uh, we can clearly see through his witness, he he was successful and he kept going and he, you know, like he, he kept evangelizing, even though he was facing persecution. He did. And another thing I think that's really cool to think about is, okay, so in your life, who is the person that you have perceived as the persecutor, right? Who's the antagonist in your college campus, right? Is it a professor? Is it another student? Who is that? Um, Don't allow them to knock you out. Actually, we're supposed to go and love them. Like like he went and loved the Samaritans, right? Like he went and he loved the Ethiopian eunuch. We're supposed to go and and move toward them. So who's the person in your church, right? (laughs) The opposition. Who's the person in your family that you can't allow that to knock you out? Um, It actually should push you more towards showing love and showing Christ and and preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. So as apologists, as people who want to make an impact in our society, we have to have tough skin and we have to keep soft hearts. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think that's a big deal. So I think we can see that uh, in, in Philip's life. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's true. And then uh, with that also, something that we can see in Philip's life is he also forgave others, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like we talked about, like um, 
this is really interesting. Like earlier when we were mentioning the stoning of Stephen, mm. um, something to remember is uh, Paul was there. Yeah. Right? I mean, back when he was Saul. Yeah. And he was like kind of responsible for that. He was like holding people's coats while they were killing them. Yeah. He was so totally it's like, fine with it. He was the law allowing it. Right, right. Yeah. And so clearly Philip had that encounter with, with oh, Saul, yeah. who's now Paul. And he can see like clearly like, oh, this guy is, he was very against Christ. He was, in, he was uh, killing his friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, to that point. But with that, he forgave Paul as he converted into Christianity, and he accepted him as a brother in Christ. And mm-hmm. so it's it just seeing that level of forgiveness after he killed his friends. Yeah. Like, it's pretty crazy, because you do see yeah. in Acts 21, he lets Paul stay at his house. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. you think about that. A guy who literally <laughs> killed your friends, killed other people you knew, yeah. right? You you say, hey, I welcome you into my house. It's all right. Yeah, with my family. Gosh, man, I don't like know with, if I can. Yeah. I want to say I could do that, but I don't know. Like, that is a different level of forgiveness. Yeah. And Philip had it. Right. I mean, you talk about a legitimate guy, right? And not only had it, but even risked it, right? Because, I mean... That's what I meant, yeah. He saw he saw Paul's character by this time, but you're letting a guy who killed one of your friends, you're letting a guy who killed one of your coworkers in ministry stay at your house and your daughters are there. Yeah. Yikes, right? I mean, that is... Uh, that is a that is a huge different level of forgiveness, and I'd love to say I could do it. I just don't know. Well, yeah, because that's the thing, especially if you witness it yourself. Yeah. Like, and he's like he was there witnessing the the stoning of Stephen, and so yeah, it's just was. like, and so it's just like seeing this person there who was assisting and aiding and killing one of your best friends, mm-hmm. then later converts, and then you forgive him. Yeah. Like that's that takes a lot. Of, of love and grace. And, I, you know, I think the only explanation for it is he, he was just filled with the Spirit, like we, yeah. like we read earlier in Acts. He was, they, and he was wise, and yeah. he loved the Lord, and he knew that Jesus is a forgiver. Yeah. He knew that yeah. Jesus loves all people, which would include Samaritans, Ethiopians, and terrorists, like yeah. Paul, right? It's true. Murderers. It's true. Jesus loves all people, and so should we. It's amazing. I, I think, too, another thing that you can see with Philip that's really um, kind of convicting to me is that he took opportunities and he looked for opportunities to share the gospel. Yeah. Because even with the Ethiopian eunuch, he heard him reading Isaiah, and Mm. Philip runs up alongside. So it's not like the Ethiopian eunuch said, hey, can you help me understand this? You know, uh, we always talk about um, the the apologetics verse, right? 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give a defense to anyone who asks for the hope you have in you. Yeah. With gentleness and respect, right? Um, So, okay, I'm prepared for when they ask. Philip didn't wait for the Ethiopian eunuch to ask him to explain the yeah. gospel. He said, hey, I know that, right? I know what you're reading. Do you? And then he asked him a question, which is a great tactic, right? Yeah. Yeah, Do you understand true. what you're reading? And the guy's like, I have no idea what this means, man. How, how many times have you read the Old Testament prophets and been like, what is this saying? Honestly, and that's a modern thing me. that happens still today. I'm like, I yeah. don't know what this means. It happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Philip, but Philip is the initiator. Of the yes, conversation. that's right. So, you know, I, I've this is a way I've tried to practice it in my own life. When I'm out at coffee shops and I see people reading a book mm. or reading the Bible, sometimes you'll see people reading the Bible, I go up to them and say, hey, what are you reading? Yeah. Bro, that's a, it's, that's it's a, a cool conversation starter. I had a funny story. I went up to this lady. Um, it was like a month or two ago at Starbucks, and she was reading a book, and it looked like a Bible. Wow. And so I went up, and I was like, oh, I like the Bible too. What are you reading? 
And she said, oh, this isn't a Bible. It's a dictionary. I just really like words. And she showed me. And it was. It was like That's this so old funny. Wow. dictionary. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my bad. And she's like, I get it all the time. People ask me if it's a Bible a lot. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, then that probably made you like, ah, oh, that's Yeah, and then we okay. struggle with conversation. But we don't have to always wait to be asked about the gospel. We can be right. proactive yeah, and, good point. and take take advantage of uh, situations, strike up conversations. And again, uh, n- natural gifting, that's not my strength. Mm. I don't just like going up to a stranger, but, but you can. Yeah, right? yeah. And Philip was gifted at that. Philip could make friends easily, mm. uh, it seems like, right? And and he could hop up on chariots with people and explain the gospel to them. Yeah. Just awesome. Just awesome. So I think that's another thing we can see from his life is that we can look for opportunities to share the gospel and initiate conversations with people around us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, overall, though, I, I think there, there's just a lot of application to get here through what we know of Philip the Evangelist. And mm-hmm. that just goes to show you, too, that um, even like an unsung hero like Philip – um, who isn't mentioned that much? You can just see through what we do have of him yeah. uh, that there's a lot of application there, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of context through Scripture that we can see that like he he left an impact. Yes, and it's just it's really encouraging to see other people doing work for the Lord throughout Scripture like that. It is. No, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. I mean, you can still see to this day, you know, two thousand years after he died, to see ripple effects happening in Ethiopia. There yeah. are churches still there that say. Yeah, it's because of this guy. Yeah, it's because of him right. sharing with the eunuch is because he took the initiative. Just amazing. And so, w- what are the things in our lives that we're doing that are gonna have ripple effects like that? Yeah, that's right. A, that's something. I, to I think bet Philip didn't even think about that. He just like cared about this guy. I care about this guy, right? Yeah. And he followed the Holy Spirit's prompting. He did mm-hmm. what the Spirit was telling him to do. Man, when the Holy Spirit prompts you, Christian, take advantage of it and do what He's calling you to do because you don't know not just how it'll impact the the other person's life you're talking with, but the ripple effects. 10, 20, 30, 40 years, the legacies that can yeah, be changed, the countries right. that can be changed with the gospel. So, uh, yeah, unsung hero, number one. Yeah. Philip the evangelist, right? Yeah. Inspiring story. I love That's it. That's right. And so uh, um, overall, just uh, I, I think, again, the, this series, I'm super excited about it because mm-hmm. we can take a deeper look into people yes. like Philip and then um, just kind of meet that uh, – Kind of that that need that was addressed to us by one of our followers of mm-hmm. asking like, hey, what are some cool biblical characters that we can talk yeah. about? And I, I hope again that this uh, that this has been encouraging to you, to you listening, and to you watching yeah. at home. That um, you have kind of gotten an understanding of who Philip the Evangelist is, and you can be encouraged that there's people that uh, are in Scripture who've done really good work for the Lord and. Hopefully that made an impact on you and encourage you because I know that it has on me and like mm-hmm. seeing his story and uh, his testimony of ministry, um, it's just super encouraging. Like it is. That, what an encouraging story in scripture to see uh, the work of Philip. It is. It's yeah. good to it's good to have good examples. Yes, right. Yes. It's good to have good examples, and I so yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that we want to emulate aspects of his life. So yeah, and that's the whole point of the podcast, right? We want to equip mm-hmm. Christians to be confident in their faith, mm-hmm. right? To know why you believe what you believe, um, but also to be able to go out and share your faith with other people. That is the whole idea of what we want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. we can learn a lot about how to go share our faith from mm-hmm. Philip. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's for sure. How to share it with our family, how to share it with yeah. strangers we don't know, how to share it with people who've persecuted us, how to share it with people who are different from us, mm-hmm. how to share the gospel. Yeah, That's yeah. what we've been called to, and that's what we need to do. Mm. And so with that, though, before we go, uh, just really quick, one last time, just wanted to shout out this awesome sign yes. that we have here. Um, another way that you can actually look at progress of the sign, uh, 
what we ended up doing is on our Instagram, we have under highlighted stories, there's an entire uh, section where we show all the story posts and um, photos and images that we uploaded of mm -hmm. the sign being developed. Uh, so go ahead and check that out because um, it's pretty cool. It kind of gives you a it good... It is neat to see how yeah. he built it and the steps. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, and it gives you an idea of just uh, how he created, how he creates his projects. And then that can also give you ideas for any projects that you might want. Yep. Um, who knows? Maybe you have a use for a sign like this in your home. Yeah. Because uh, he, he can really do anything. Yeah, like, he That guy's very talented. Yeah, it's he cool. is. Because we can just send him a logo like this and then he just sends us back this beautiful piece yeah. of work. It's awesome. So yeah, so uh, please go ahead and check out his stuff. Um, you can check him out on Instagram. I highly recommend that too. So yep, secollective.com or secollective on Instagram. And we'll put links to everything in the show notes. So you yeah. can just click on that and yeah. check it out easily. So, so yeah, it's been good. Well, I've enjoyed this, Tyler. I'm looking forward too. to the next few weeks talking about some more Unsung Heroes. Yeah, this is super exciting. So thanks again for those of you watching yes. and those of you listening. And those of you listening, if you want to watch, go check out our YouTube channel. Yeah, you can and get then, there through links, through everything. Right, right. It's easy to find. And then uh, now that we're at the end of the video, uh, just make sure that you um, go ahead and subscribe to us if you haven't already and like our videos. Leave a comment. Um, and then again, too, uh, send us any messages on our social media platforms if you have any um, requests for anything you want to learn more about yeah. or just any questions that you have at all regarding your faith or anything involved in apologetics that you want to learn more about because uh, we want to be a resource here for you so. yeah that's the whole purpose we want to we want to love the church and help equip the church to go be the church right that's right. our whole thing so thanks so much for being with us today on christ culture and coffee and we will be back on youtube and on our podcast uh, audio next week thanks for listening thanks for listening to christ culture and coffee if you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.